It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Welcome to another edition of Plan with Dan. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Betzel, the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahanna near the airport. Find us online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. We've got a great podcast on the way for you today as we're answering some of your questions. We've got some good ones from Vince, James, and Vernon on the way in today's show. Going to talk about uh, going into a nursing home and some of the issues surrounding that. Also, how do you get your wife more involved in retirement planning? A question about that from James. And then Vince is wondering about end-of-year planning, since we're kind of nearing the end of 2017 as we record this podcast. Looking forward to answering these questions. I know, Dan, that this is one of your favorite kinds of podcasts, right? We get to answer questions from the people. Yeah, we have some really great questions today, Walter. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, let's jump in with Vince's here. Vince says, I'm thinking about having my mom sign her house over to me so that we won't be forced to sell if she has to go to a nursing home. Do you think that's a pretty good strategy? You know, Vince, that is, that's a Excellent question, and I, I get asked that question or similar questions a lot. And uh, the first thing I want to say is, wow, what you're suggesting is very, very complicated, and it has a lot to do with not only financial planning but also legal issues and qualifying for Medicaid. And I, I just want to point out that it's pretty counterintuitive because you know it makes a lot of sense. Your question makes so much sense to me. Yeah, you know, I want to transfer the house into my name, and if I do that, I'll be able to protect my mom and to protect you know the house I grew up in. And those are all you know great and admirable goals. But if you were to do that and you do it incorrectly, you could find yourself um, with some legal and even financial problems. I'll just give you one example to start off with. So um, let's say that your mom and dad paid, you know, fifteen or twenty thousand dollars for the house 30, 40 years ago, and now it's worth one hundred and fifty or or who knows what. So if you were to have your mom sign that house over to you, she's also signing over the basis. What that means then, if you were to sell that house, there's like all this trapped, you know, income tax that you'd have to pay, where if you did it in a different way, you wouldn't have to deal with those taxes. So that's one issue that you need to think about. Also, there's some really stringent rules when it comes to, you know, Medicaid planning and look back periods. And uh, if you transfer the house into your name and your mom then goes into a nursing home and applies for Medicaid, you know, that could be considered a, a civilly fraudulent transfer and could make your mom actually ineligible, you know, for, for Medicaid. So mm. there's, there's a lot of things to really think about. And I'd suggest before you do anything at all, even though it seems simple, that you talk not only to a financial advisor, but to an attorney who knows this area really well. Yeah, it's a really great point, I think. And it's a good question, Vince. There's some important, we talk about consequences a lot, Dan, and this is one where there are some serious consequences if you don't do this whole strategy right. And uh, if you make some wrong moves here, this is one of those situations where, you know, the consequence isn't just a a slap on the wrist, but you've got to be really careful about, you know, trying to skirt certain rules and, and certain regulations. So... Do, do yeah, be know, careful. I'm, I'm also thinking about uh, another issue that I'd like to bring up sure. is, you know, you, you think you're protecting your mom by doing this, but you actually could be p- putting her at greater risk. I just, as you were talking, Walter, I was thinking, you know, years and years ago, and as a, a brand new attorney, I was representing a bank uh, in a bankruptcy hearing. And uh, the woman had said in her bankruptcy petition that she didn't own any real property. You know, she didn't own a house. Well, 
when we had done our due diligence, our search, we found that in the court records, she actually did own a house. And I was sent down there to the hearing to ask this issue and to bring this issue up. And the moment I asked the question and I saw the look on her face, I realized that she didn't realize that she owned the house. They had Her parents had transferred the house into her name to protect the house, exactly as, as you're proposing, Vince. And she never thought of it as her house because it, it wasn't her house in her mind, but mm. legally it was. So when she filed the bankruptcy petition, guess what? That house was a part of the bankruptcy proceedings. That wow. was the exact opposite of what the parents wanted to have happen. Wow. That's uh, a great add-on, I think, and another thought to that kind of uh, scenario. So great question, Vince. Thank you for submitting that one. If you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the podcast, by the way, we'll consider your questions submitted through the website for a future show. BetzelWealthAdvisors.com is the place to go. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. And on the podcast page, you'll see where you can submit future questions. Thank you, Vince, for that one. Let's hop over to this one from James. James says, I'd like for my wife to be more involved in our retirement planning, but she's always hated any financial advisors that we've met with. Any suggestions? I have a suggestion, Dan. They should come meet with you because I don't know how anybody could dislike Dan Betzel. (laughs) Well, that's nice, Walter, but I don't think I'm everybody's favorite. But, you know, on one hand, James, wow, that that makes me kind of sad because – I mean, I can, I guess I can understand it. Uh, advisors, uh, like attorneys, like doctors, you know, you got to find the right one and you have to keep going until you find the right one. I, and I, I think about, I think about doctors or surgeons, for example, you know, my, my daughter now, you know, she's almost 30 years old, but she was born with a cleft lip and palate. And I remember how difficult it was to find the right surgeon for her. And I remember the first surgeon we went to, uh, you know, all the surgeons, you know, they're very well trained, you know, John Hopkins, Ohio State University. I mean, all the best, you know, medical training you can imagine. And we went to the first one and, you know, we just didn't have a good feeling. Went to the second one. And, you know, I remember her holding holding our daughter down on the uh, on the examination table so that he could look into her mouth. And she was like hysterical. And then we went to the third doctor the one we eventually had do the surgeries. And, uh, you know, he had some uh, fun little toys and he had a little windmill that he was blowing on and, you know, he was playing with our daughter and my wife was bouncing uh, our daughter on, on her knees and he quickly got on his knees, put a flashlight, looked up and, you know, up into her mouth and said, okay, I see what I need to see. And, uh, you know, we left that meeting, that examination room, like, wow, this is the doctor that we want to have, you know, work on our daughter. And so, I think it's kind of the same thing with financial planning. You have to like keep looking till you find the right one and don't be shy to mm. say, you know, we're just trying to see if we're a good fit or not. And, you know, it may be that your wife could think about, you know, aspects or read some articles about aspects of behavioral finance. Maybe she'd like to learn more about, you know, how she can view this process as another gift, you know, to the children. You know, I hate to say it, but, you know, for myself, since since I'm a man, not a woman, but maybe you need to look for a woman advisor because women advisors, maybe that she'll be able to relate better to an advisor like that. So I really admire you for wanting to get your wife involved in the financial planning process because what usually happens, not always, is usually the, the husband predeceases the wife. And if the wife isn't involved, it can sometimes just be 
overpowering experience. So I, I think it's absolutely imperative that now while you're both healthy and you both have your, you know, all of your faculties that you find that right fit and keep looking for the right fit until you find one that's going to really make your wife feel comfortable. Because I think that's going to be imperative for, you know, your long-term financial health, especially if you were to predecease her. I hope that helps a little. Yeah, it's a good story. And I think it is helpful, Dan, to kind of see how that how that can play out sometimes. And that's a struggle for everybody, and not just about retirement planning, but in any phase of life. You know, there are some things that one spouse is going to be interested in that the other won't, right? And and on some things, it's okay for that to not be the case, but you do want to try and be on the same page for the important things. And I think money, finances, retirement planning, you know, that's one of those things that really should get the attention of both parties. And so I would commend James for at least trying to make sure that his wife is included in the process. And that should probably be a goal for anybody, Dan, I would think, is, you know, even if there's some resistance there, keep working at it because in the long run, it's going to be beneficial for everybody to be on the same page, at least have similar understanding to what's going on, why certain moves are being made. That's a recipe for success. You know, absolutely. And I, I think it's also incumbent on the advisor, you know, to be really aware in the meetings to make sure that, you know, he or she is trying his or her absolute best, you know, to fully engage both parties and to make sure he's addressing, you know, what, what each party feels is, is important. And I, I think of a lot, you know, it's like when you're trying to find a good doctor, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep going to find the doctor that not only has, the, you know, the requisite medical skills, which of course, you know, have to have that, but also the, the right bedside manner, the one who's going to um, be able to listen, answer your questions, not talk down to you, you know, and I, ha- I hate to agree with uh, James's wife, but I'm not a big fan of all like, you know, lawyers and financial planners either. So you got you to gotta find the right one. So she might be onto something, you know, but keep looking, keep looking. Well, Dan, you know, I look, work with a lot of uh, financial advisors across the country, and I once heard one of them in conversation with them say, yeah, we're all shysters pretty much, you know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I <laughs> Just, hope not. I hope not. Uh, no, no. So, t- saying that tongue in cheek, <laughs> like saying, yeah, yeah there yeah. are some bad apples out there, or at least there are some of us that, that aren't that don't have your best interest in mind like we should. And so you're right to be a little bit wary, or you shouldn't feel bad about having hated some of the ones that you've met because you're not necessarily wrong in doing so. There are a lot of shysters, as she said, out there, which I I thought was a funny way to put it. But But that doesn't mean that there aren't good ones either, but it might take a little bit of searching. So Good luck, luck, James. James's wife is onto something, right? Yeah, she is. She's just being picky, and that's a good thing sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, James. All right, one more question here. This one's from Vernon on the Plan with Dan podcast. One more question from our listeners on this week's edition of the podcast. Vernon says, is there any end-of-year planning I should start to focus on? Now, we are, uh, for full disclosure, recording this podcast sort of in the beginning of November, likely is going to be posted in mid-November. So with that context in mind, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Of course, as soon as I hear it, I, I think of what our, my office has been busy busy doing the last week or so is we're making sure that all of our, our clients who have reached you know, that magical age of 70 and a half, uh, that's the year that you must begin taking your RMDs or your required minimum distributions. I mean, we do everything we possibly can to help our clients and to assist them in you know, meeting that tax deadline. But ultimately, um, if you're listening to this, just make sure that if you've reached that um, 
magic age of 70 and a half that you've set up your required minimum distributions, uh, that it's amount that you have to take out every year and pay tax on. Because, you know, our qualified accounts, our 401ks, our 403bs, our traditional IRAs, you know, they're not tax-free, they're tax-deferred. And at 70 and a half, you have to start taking the money out. It's not that difficult of a calculation. You look at the uh, the account value on 1231 of 2016 and looks at your age and, you know, the uh, RMD calculator will um, tell us how much you need to take out. And there's a, another issue that you have to be also very careful of that some people forget. Unfortunately, if you've had a, a parent who's passed away last year and, and you have an inherited IRA, and you might be in your 50s or your 60s and you're not even thinking about, you know, your required minimum distribution because you're not 70 and a half. But if you've inherited an IRA and rolled it over into your name and it's a beneficiary IRA or sometimes we call it an inherited IRA, you too have to take out your minimum required distribution. So make sure you do that. That'd be the first thing I would I would make sure I get done. And secondly, almost the inverse of that, you know, you still have time to fund your Roth IRA, your traditional IRA, maybe to put an additional contribution, you know, into your 401k at work or your 403b. If you're self-employed, you know, it's time to talk to that accountant and see how much money can I put into my SEP IRA, even though you have until the tax deadline to do some of these things, uh, you might need to take a couple months to save up to make sure you can really take advantage of, you know, the tax planning that that's available to you. Maybe another tax issue would be tax harvesting. Sometimes it's really, really useful to look at your account if it's a, a non-qualified account, you know, if it's an account that's not tax deferred, and maybe it's time to, uh, you know, to do some tax harvesting to to look at certain maybe positions inside your portfolio that have gained and some positions that have lost, and you can maybe offset them, you know, so take some gain and and actually not have to pay taxes because you're offsetting it with with some losses. And I guess those are the three main things that I would seriously consider uh, as an advisor and. I remember when my kids were were younger, my wife was always really focused this time of year to like look at our our dental insurance and our say vision insurance and if the kids needed you know dental work, you know, to get it in, well we uh, we had already met our deductible. So I think that's also just a really practical thing is you know, uh, do you need any hmm. do you or your children need uh, glasses or their uh, eyes checked or or their teeth or braces and you've already met this year's deductible? Well, if you can't get it done then before uh 12:31. I hope that gives you some ideas of, of things to think of, Vernon, and uh, hats off to you for, for really thinking uh, and, and wanting to take advantage of this time of the year. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Dan, and I, I love the the podcast where we get to answer questions from listeners because I think it gives us a good just smattering of all the different moving parts when it comes to you know planning for your financial future for retirement i mean we're talking you know the the kind of the here and now of end of year planning but also the long term pictures of all right how do i handle some assets when it comes to a potential nursing home stay in the future and to the very broad of hey we're just looking for a financial advisor and can't really find one that we like or that we you know agree with you know are are we kind of lost in this search is any suggestions for how to head in the right direction i know that these are a lot of the topics that you end up covering in your Retirement Rescue Toolkit, a, a really nice resource that uh, if you're listening to the podcast today, you can tap into. Tell us a little bit about what's in the toolkit that you and your team have put together and why it might be beneficial for somebody to uh, get a copy of this toolkit. Great question. Uh, so inside the toolkit is uh, a short booklet. Maybe it's like 85 pages or so. That's very, very easy to read. Hopefully it's uh, both informative and fun. It's uh, Secrets to a Tax-Free Retirement. 
Also, in the same uh, retirement tool uh, kit, you'd receive a CD, also dealing with some um, retirement planning issues. And there is a, a short paper in there that gives you an outline of the various aspects or various uh, concepts or issues that you need to consider as you start your pre-retirement planning. It would be my absolute privilege to give that to anybody who'd like to receive that. They can go to my website and uh, fill out the form and we'll ship it out to them right away. And if you're listening to the podcast on the website, just look in the description of the podcast, and that's whether you're on iTunes or Google Play or any of these other uh, resources. When you see the description of today's episode, you'll also see a link where you can order, again, this is for free, but where you can order the Retirement Rescue Toolkit. So again, all you have to do is go to the website, BetzelWealthAdvisors.com, or just look in the description of today's show, and you'll see a link where you can order that Retirement Rescue Toolkit. And hey, if you like the old-fashioned way and you want to just call and request that toolkit, maybe ask Dan a couple of questions before you get your hands on that toolkit, you can do that as well. 614-472-4510 is the number. That's 614-472-4510. If you're here in the greater Columbus area and you want to come in and meet with Dan Betzel at some point in time, you can do that easily. His office is near the airport in Gahanna. He's the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors. And Dan, thanks for your help on today's podcast. Always fun. Thank you, Walter. Appreciate it. Coming up on the next Plan with Dan podcast, Dan's going to tell us a good story. We're going to talk about what happens when someone meets with an advisor just in the nick of time. And Dan's going to tell us a story about when someone was about to make a really bad financial mistake and they came to him just before they made that mistake, that potential mistake, I guess I should say. And Dan was able to help them fix that problem and avoid a major misstep in retirement planning. We're going to talk about that on the next podcast, so be sure to join us then. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the three places where you can do that, or right on BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. You can listen to the podcast there each and every week when it comes out. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Planning with Dan. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.